0: Thoughtful Connections, a memory care podcast, aims to provide general information and insights about dementia and related topics. The content shared is not intended to be medical advice or a substitute for professional medical or clinical guidance. The purpose or goal of this podcast series is to help inform and educate family members considering memory care for a loved one. With us, as always, is Elizabeth Thompson, Arrow Senior Living Regional Director of Memory Care. Welcome. I'm Charlie Johnson, your host. Elizabeth Hello and welcome back to the Hot Seat.
1: (laughs) Hello, good to be here.
0: So once again, uh, we'll be discussing a topic uh, related to dementia. Now in this session, uh, we'll focus on a question submitted by a listener. They would like to know, what causes my loved one to act in this way? Now, uh, they don't go into a lot of detail. However, I I believe it it is safe to assume that they are seeing uncharacteristic uh, behaviors in their loved one with dementia. So, Elizabeth, what are some of the behaviors that might be seen from people that are living with dementia?
1: I think that there are a lot of behaviors that we see with people living with dementia that are the same that we see in people just like you and me with healthy brains. Aggression, agitation. Um, There are many that are more inclusive to just dementia but a lot of the things that people wanna know why are those times of being agitated or aggressive or frustrated or swearing. Those are the things that a lot of families ask. Why is my loved one doing this? Well, Charlie, why do you act the way you act?
0: Well, you know, uh, my wife asked me that <laughs> almost daily, <laughs> and I have yet to come up with a good answer for her. However, a lot of it has to do with, with my personality mm-hmm. and how I was raised and my environment and how was my day that day at work and what issues did, uh, am I dealing with currently and how do I feel that day? I mean, there are a lot of different variables that caused me to act the way I do at any particular time.
1: And it is the same for someone living with dementia. The difference is their brain is dying. So their brain is not working like ours does. So if you're really, really irritated with a waiter you're probably not gonna slam your hands down on the table and start screaming inside the restaurant, right? Normally. Normally, okay, good. (laughs) Let's hope not, I'm not going to dinner with you. Um, But for the person with dementia, they've lost that filter. They've lost that filter that tells them this is not the best place to do this. So if you have someone who's waiting on a meal who is living with dementia, they might go ahead and slam their hands down on the table and say, what the hell's going on here? Because they don't know that that's probably not the most appropriate thing to do at that point in time. Um, The other thing to think about is all behaviors are a a means of communicating. Um, Behaviors or expressions.
0: Okay, all right. So so I want want to get into that, talking about expressions and behaviors, but I I want to share with you a, a, a little bit about uh, another story about my mother now, mm-hmm. I, I brought her up several yeah, times yeah i love uh, your stories uh, of course of course you know that's this is this is my my way to to share with with you uh, my my experiences now now my mother she was she was the, the most kind the most gentle loving person you, you would ever know she she only stood about five foot four inches tall and i i used to describe her as as she was as big around as she was tall <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you can kind of picture that now, of course, she had dementia, and, and she, uh, the last six years of her life, lived in, in, all, in an Alzheimer's uh, care center. Now, she became uh, aggressive mm-hmm. and very, n- what I would call non-tolerant to a lot of different things. Now, there was um, another resident in this center that wandered continuously. I was never in this center That this resident was not wandering the halls just continuously round and around and around and around well one time i was visiting with my mother we were in her room and mother was sitting in a chair by the window and I, i think i was sitting on the edge of the bed if i remember and this resident wandered into my mother's room my mother jumped up from the chair grabbed the other resident resident by the shoulders, spun her around, and shoved her out the door. Now all of this happened so quickly that I had no time to react. And I was just standing there in awe, not knowing what to do or what to say. It's like, oh my God, this, this is not, this is not the behavior uh, that I would expect to see from my mother. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I didn't, I didn't know how to act or what to say or what to do. Now, not only did I see a change in the way she acted, I saw a change in her language. You know, when I was a kid growing up, I would hear, uh, as she was working in the kitchen or working on a project or something, I would hear an occasional "damn" mm-hmm. <laughs> slip out of her mouth. But she went through a stage that she started saying profanities that I didn't even know that she knew. <laughs> In fact she may have I think she may have taught me a few new ones you know <laughs> it's like you know I, I wasn't I wasn't sure if she had joined a, a gang at the Alzheimer's care center or, or if she was just running with the wrong crowd but but seriously I mean it's like I couldn't believe these words were coming from my mother's mouth. And so it was just it was just so different. It was just so odd to see not only how she acted, but how she was talking and speaking. This was not the mother I grew up with.
1: Right, and that can be very hard.
0: And, indeed it was. Yeah, it was.
1: Let, I, I love it when you give these stories and scenarios because we can kind of like break it apart and see what was going on. So, <clears throat> For your mom, she was in her apartment, right? Her home, her, her room at the place that she lived, that was, that was her home, right? There are vision changes that take place. So people with dementia, mid to late stage, don't see very well. Um, did she recognize this person or not? But if a stranger comes into your home, what are you gonna do? you're going to call the police, yell and scream, kick them out.
0: Fight or flee?
1: Yeah. Flight, fright, fight, fright, or flight. Yeah. (laughs) So that could be one of the things. It could be that this was a person that had just been irritating her and irritating her and irritating her, and now this irritation is in her space. So she wanted her out. And because the brain with dementia doesn't have that ability to – know what's appropriate and what's not she wants her out she's gonna get her out she's not gonna say I'm sorry you're in the wrong room could you please leave you know she's gonna just get her out so it, it you know it could have been several different things but again that was her apartment her home and someone else was coming into it which is very common in dementia we see that a lot um, people get lost, turned around, they, they're exploring. Um, as far as the language, and that's another thing that's very common for people who are living with dementia. So the left side of our brain is typically where where we process language and we understand um, words and sentences and how to put them together and, and when to, uh, to say what. Um, Typically, dementia will progress from left to right, even as it is progressing throughout the brain. So the left side is what we lose the first and the right side is what we keep. So those right side words are easier to grab onto, And that's where when I was a little girl and I first said the word S-H-I-T, my mom said, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. You better not ever say that again. I stored that word over here. So this is all of the language that I'm using on a daily basis. On the left yes, side. yeah, on the left side. Yes, ma'am, thank you, please, you know, courteous, hi, how are you, the the right side were some of those more creative words. And so when I have dementia, this left side is not working like it should and I'm trying to grab a word and the first word that comes is the, are those words that I was told not to say that were hidden away so that happens quite frequently um yeah you see that a lot i've even had families say my dad was a preacher for 40 years he never talked this way and 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 now he is just like a sailor i mean (laughs) so we have to remember it's the disease it's not them they're not doing this on purpose Um, all behaviors are a form of communication so it's like what are they trying to tell us
0: well well, thank you for that explanation That, that answers a lot so you had mentioned earlier uh, about the, the word expressions uh, mm-hmm. that are often used, and so and so why is it, it uh, that that word is used as opposed to behaviors, or, or are they interchangeable?
1: You know, there's it, it's kind of like facility, community. I, I, we're trying to get away from some of those naughty words like uh, you know, their room, it's their apartment, they don't live in a facility, they live in a community. Um, and behaviors, when you think of behaviors, you think of something negative.
0: Mm-hmm. Normally, um, yeah. normally the word bad is mm-hmm. used in front of behavior. Behavior,
1: right. And so you think of it from a, a negative perspective. But a lot of times people with dementia aren't behaving badly. They're expressing a need that they just don't know how to communicate. So by calling it an exp- an expression, it takes that negative thought behind it away.
0: Okay. And So, so they, you had also mentioned that they are using these behaviors and or expressions mm-hmm. as a way to communicate. Yes. So what is the best way to identify what the individual with dementia is trying to communicate?
1: It can be challenging. Um, you really need to put on your detective hat and think about what's going on in the environment around them. Um, and what is it that they're doing? Um, if, if someone is really mad, really angry, um, one of the first things I'm gonna think about is, are they in pain? Are, are they in pain? Because when you're in pain and you, if you can't express, my head is pounding and I, I need some, I need some excedrin migraine. But, but you can't say that, but your head is pounding. It just makes you want to hit everybody. You know, when you've got a bad headache, you're, you're just mad. I mean, it's like, please, anything to make this go away. Um, so pain, uh, we look at the physical needs as well as the environmental needs. Is the room too loud? Are they just too overstimulated? Um, People living with dementia, um, there's been some studies done and they say that it's almost like a cacophony in their head all the time. It just sounds like, you know, a a train, bells, just people talking, white noise, brown noise, just all of it all the time. And then you add in five people over here having a conversation, the TV on. Oh, and someone's playing music and it's like, I am going to scream but there again their brain doesn't have that filter to know i probably should just get up and walk away so they scream or they yell or they cuss so there's lots of different things it could be we always want to look and see like i said um, if it's a physical need do they need to go to the bathroom Um, are they constipated are they hot are they cold are they hungry are they thirsty Um, What is their environment around them like? Is it calm? Is it peaceful? Um, is it too much? Is it overwhelming and And you know, like I said, put on your detective hat to kind of see and figure out and give them choices because just to say, "Hey, Charlie, what's wrong when you're you seem really out of sorts you're not going to be able to to tell me if if you could, you would so Are you thirsty? Are you hot? Are you cold? Do you need to go to the bathroom? Mm
0: -hmm. And and for those of you that are listening, you can't see, but Elizabeth is actually also giving hand
1: visual visual
0: cues cues Mm -hmm. while she's uh, asking uh, verbally, but she's giving uh, visual cues at the same time.
1: Yeah, that just helps set them up for success. By mid-stage dementia, they're only going to be able to process, not hear, but process, one out of four words that we say. So if they're not grasping what we're saying, or maybe they're only getting bits and pieces, if we're using visual cues along with that, that just helps them be more successful.
0: Okay. So have you seen any of the same expressions used by different individuals um, to communicate the same need? Yes. Give me some examples.
1: Um, so the, the first thing I think of is uh, I had a lady that would always get up from the table when we would sit down in the dining room for, for lunch um, all together. And my first thought was, I mean, if I get up from the table, I need to go to the bathroom. Right? <clears throat> well, that wasn't hers. I mean, I'd take her to the bathroom. She's like, I don't need to go. <laughs> I'd say okay I finally figured out over time it was her purse she felt like she was eating at a restaurant and she would get up from the table every time if she didn't have her purse because she wanted to take her purse to the dining room Um, and then it'd come time for the meal to be over and she'd say well I need to pay and we'd say oh your son's taking care of it and that just made her son even more wonderful than he already was in her mind but um, you know people getting up from the table when it's time to eat a logical thought is that they do need to go to the bathroom or they want to wash their hands or they need their purse or their wallet because they're at a restaurant. Um, grimacing and pacing a lot of times is pain. So wandering is very common for people with dementia and it's not a bad thing um, if it's in a safe environment. Um, that that walking around the the memory care community is actually great exercise so as long as they're not in distress or in in danger in any way that's that's a good thing that's a good thing for them Um, if they're pacing and and they have that um, look of distress on their face and grimacing um, it makes you wonder are they are they in pain Um, there was a study done And it was stated that people living with dementia get 50% less pain medication than the average person, which is terrible not that we want to drug them but as we get older we hurt i mean i wake up some days and i feel like i've been hit by a mac truck i'm like i don't know what happened past 50 but oh my gosh i mean i squat down to p- put an ornament on the bottom of the tree and i get back up i'm like dang my knees
0: well, well it's it's all
1: downhill <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling it so you know maybe we just need to try a tylenol you know it's not that we have to give something heavy duty but I mean, maybe their arthritis is bothering them. Maybe they're in pain. Maybe they're getting sick. And, I think and so,
0: so the reason being is because you simply can't identify the fact that they are in pain.
1: Right. And they can't even put that into words by mid to late stage dementia.
0: So so how should we as caretakers or family or friends uh, uh, respond to, to these expressions? T- t- tell, about, tell us about about responding uh, to all of this. what What's the best way to, to go about that?
1: The best way is to not scold or condemn or shame someone uh, with dementia. They're doing the best that they can. Um, they're incapable of change, okay? Their brain is dying, so we have to be the ones to change. Um, you know, sometimes we walk in and, and and we may have a podcast on this at some point, I don't know, but. It's very common for people um, with dementia to play with their feces. And I know I've gone into a bathroom before and been like, oh my, oh my, I've got a job to do. <laughs> um, there's different approaches we can have. We can go in there and say, oh my gosh, what have you done? What is wrong with you? What? And scold them and make them feel horrible. Or we can just pause And be like, wow, tipa Snow, that's her word, wow. It's a way to, if you just have that, that's your word, wow. Wow, when you say the word wow, it provides your brain oxygen. It gives you a moment to kind of take it all in and figure out what you're going to say next. So instead of walking in and reacting, walk in and wow, wow, okay, let's get you cleaned up
0: mm-hmm so so that's that's one response for, for a, a particular t- situation can you give maybe other examples yeah. of, of how you might respond to to particular situation
1: yeah sorry i kind of got off on a tangent oh, there didn't right. i <laughs>
0: right.
1: um so yes like um for example your situation with your mom um in the apartment in her apartment when she kind of just turned the other person around and pushed her away uh, again you're caught off guard. You don't even have time to react. Wow, mom, who was that? Just see what she says. She's not intentionally being mean to someone to hurt them. That, that's not who she is. But who was that to her? Be curious as to see what she says. She may not say anything. But validating where they are for whatever reason she did not want that person in her room and we want to validate how she's feeling wow who was that you didn't want them here um
0: i know we, we've oftentimes uh, talked about or mentioned the importance of, of putting ourselves into their world yes so it sounds like uh, that's exactly what you're talking about is if there is a behavior or these expressions, uh, as we've been envisioning about here, that if that happens, then try to put yourself where they are. Mm -hmm. Figure out where they are in their world at that moment and what caused that to happen. Am I on the right road there?
1: Yes, absolutely. We have to join their reality for whatever is going on with them. It's real to them even if it makes no sense to us it's real to them and if sh- if your mom my mom my 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 stepdad is raging upset it's for a reason in their in their mind we just have to figure out what that is and 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 validate and hear and sympathize and have empathy for what they're going through at that moment in time
0: and do what we can to settle them and to calm them and I I know we we mentioned several times about memory care engagement plans and and we will get to those but I know one of the most important things I think that one of the questions and answers uh, on that is how do you identify when the individual is distressed Mm -hmm. and I think that is important you know how can I tell when mom or dad or aunt or uncle are distressed is it Is it, you know, they they tear up, you know, they have a grimace on their face, they leave the room, you know, whatever it might be. But also just as important, I think, is the question is, what is calming or soothing Mm -hmm. to this individual? Mm -hmm. okay And so that's an important answer as well. So not only how do I know when they're distressed, but what calms them? Is it music? Is it talking calmly or, or in a soothing voice and holding their hand? Is it sitting in the sun? You know, is it, you know, whatever it might be. And, and almost everyone are a little bit different. Right. You know, it's like everyone is an individual, as we always talk about, you know. What, what is it you say?
1: If you've met one person with dementia, <laughs> you've met one person with dementia.
0: Exactly. So everyone's distress, What puts them in distress is different, and everyone is different as far as what calms them or soothes them, and it's important to know.
1: Yes, very important.
0: Absolutely. So do you have any final comments that you'd like to give us uh, talking about behaviors, which is a word we're gonna get away from, but expressions, talk to us, any final words about expressions you'd like to share?
1: I I say this, as a final word on a lot of our podcasts, but as a caregiver, give yourself grace. What works one day may not work the next, but that's okay because every time you, you are going through one of these um, behaviors, expressions, or just a, a concern with your loved one living with dementia, you're learning and you're growing. And that's the most important part.
0: Mm, Sure. And there's a lot to learn, isn't there?
1: Oh, there is. And as soon as we think we know it all, we we get new information.
0: (laughs) As soon as we uh, think we know it all, we know uh, less and less. (laughs) Well, Elizabeth, thank you for your good behavior (laughs) and, and expressing some great commentary.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, Charlie.
0: And thank you all for sharing your time with us. At Arrow Senior Living, we believe in the power of a chuckle, maintaining a childlike sense of wonder, and defending the dignity of others. Until next time, this is Charlie Johnson with Arrow's Thoughtful Connections, a memory care podcast, wishing you fond memories filled with moments of joy. And remember, if you've met one person with dementia, you've met one person with dementia.
1: You can find Thoughtful Connections, a memory care podcast, anywhere you listen to podcasts.